0: Ellestine, the my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Down, look at the time. That my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Down, Ellestine, to my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Down, look at the time. That my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Down, Ellestine, to my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Down, look at the time. That my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Down, Ellestine, to my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Conspiracy asshole This nigga asshole Conspiracy castle Conspiracy castle Shout out my nigga, he big on conspiracy R.P. Kelly, we feelin' your spirit I had to put this shit up on the internet Cause I know they wanna take it so serious I told a hater he don't wanna lease it He better go tape up his ears Michelle Obama is a boy We don't Jamaica, no tears Obama ain't gay Jiggas, I'm joking on me, don't never be serious. Alistair 99, that my nigga for real. Yeah, I fuck with my peers. Had to make me a channel to talk about the real, cause I know they gon' hear it. 99, that my nigga for real. Nah, I know they gon' hear it.
1: gentlemen boys and girls children of all ages welcome to the conspiracy castle i am your conspiracy asshole and we have a very very special guest today we have the one the only jason Burmish. you know him from InfoWars. you know him from loose change you know uh, let me just get the party started jason with, with uh, i could come and, and read your resume all day long but it's not i'm not here to do that i'm here to find out some good information and with that i want to say thank you it's an honor to have you on the conspiracy castle here today how are you doing my friend
2: I am doing uh, very well and uh, I really liked the uh, Rockfin uh, meme slash advertisement that you put out there. And, you know, I remember when we did the Union of the Unwanted, uh, I forgot that you would contact me. I saw that and I had just previously seen uh, your intro before you you played it here on some other one. And I'm a big Pitbull fan. I'm like, that's a gorgeous dog. I got to do this guy's show. So uh very excited to be here.
1: Wow, what an honor. So I'm happy that the content that I create, somebody, it invokes some sort of a response. Like that actually makes me feel good because, you know, there's not enough people, Jason, like you. I think you're one of the first people that was like an independent journalist, independent content creator like, you know, you and Luke Rudkowski. I'm saying, you know, a lot of people have been doing this for a long time and you're one of them. How did you actually get awake? To doing to, to what's going on because i remember going to new york city in 2007 8 9 and seeing like signs nanothermite you know brought down the towers and uh, thinking oh that's whatever that's a nut and you were hip to it so how did you become hit to this so fast
2: you know i, I guess that i'm just kind of one of those guys that likes to look into things and the secrets of the universe and never really bought into everything so for me you know other than porn when uh the internet had hit right let's all be honest and even then like the like late 90s porn on the internet guys you're talking about pictures people were still buying magazines i just want to let everybody know Dude, wait
1: jason that's the problem with society they're de- desensitized i had the same magazine for years okay go ahead i said i had the same thing folded under my bed for years uh
2: they don't well, do that anymore well, i don't want to make this all about porn but again if you're going to be honest right I'm honest like now biggest business on the internet. It was obviously that, and that was, you know, at the time I'm a teenager into my early twenties, that's obviously one of the things the internet was big with. But for me, aside from that uh, I had read a lot of things on JFK and the CIA and UFOs and quote unquote aliens and all these different things, but the shows on television were few and far between You had to go to a library. There was really no way to fact check or look at other corroborating information. So when I'm learning about MKUltra, I'm basically seeing like 90-second media pieces on it. And if that, and it's not like there's a DVR box. It's a one-time thing. So when I actually get the opportunity in the late 90s, to grab the MK Ultra documents, one of the first things I did. One of the first Wait, things I did. Where did I you
1: did. get those? What do you mean? grab them off the internet. I'm mean, just that's like as yeah. soon as the internet. I'm just saying, as soon as the internet got, you're telling me though, Jason, as soon as the internet opened, you started looking up conspiracy stuff.
2: Well, I, I wouldn't say it, it exactly like that because again, I'm I'm a poor kid as, in my teenager. So yeah. like for the evolution of me, you know, and what the internet actually was, right it was all of a sudden, it wasn't that I was just in typing class anymore and doing word processing uh, and playing Oregon Trail on computers. You know, my neighbor whose father was a lawyer, they had a personal computer at home and they were on AOL, right? So like, I can tell you right now, my very first experience with the internet was even pre AOL in some other chat room with a group of us. And um, actually it's kind of funny, Ryan Noble's, who is like one of the big CNN anchors, he ends up marrying the girl who's basically typing. Uh, I don't want to give away her name, but she but she was the older sister of my friend. And we were all sitting there and we were talking to somebody in another state, dude, that mm-hmm. was unheard of. Forget yeah. about me and you versing right now in 1080p and broadcasting worldwide where anybody with a connection you can get it. We were talking to people. That was wow. Okay. <clears throat> so then as I went to college, right? Uh, And and had more access. I I get my first uh, PC because my great aunt passes away. Uh, I get my first like few thousand dollars, right? In inheritance. And I'm like, I'm going to get a car and I'm going to get a a PC. And I did that. So now as soon as I have access outside of school, uh, I'm really interested to see what I can get document wise on a lot of these different things. And MK Ultra was one of the first things that I looked into, Um, you know, again, being into UFOs, uh, the Majestic 12 documents, although people had said they were a hoax. I was hip to them. I wanted to see what they said. So I was kind of on these journeys and I still go on these journeys quite a bit because um not so much for that type of stuff, but now historical books that have been uh, put into PDF format that are a hundred plus years old on maybe uh, masonry or ancient mysteries or certain types of religion and paganism and occultism. That's always been something I've been fascinated with. So, I always used it as a tool. You know, I was the guy, for instance, now I have my own PC. Right. And I went to school for computer graphics. And at the time as a kid, I was kind of an artist. Uh, I got most artistic. I was drawing. My fantasy was that I was going to go to art school and I was going to like draw on the Simpsons or something. Right. That was my big,
1: that was your dream. You want to be an illustrator. That's pretty cool.
2: Well, I wanted to be an animator. Um, I remember a lot of people don't understand this because they're not from my generation, but Toy Story was a big deal for me. Uh, the very first Toy Story was a movie I went with my friends to, and I said, wow, this is going to change everything. And 3D modeling was something that was well. Real quick,
1: did you see Tim Allen got taken out of Toy Story?
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's no what? longer Buzz.
1: Dude, what? The original Tim Allen, Woody? How the, I mean, is he Wood? No, he's, he's Buzz Lightyear, right? Buzz Lightyear.
2: dude. Well, they have a, a Buzz series, and it's not him and you know people are pretty upset about it i, I understand that you know.
1: that's all because of his politics dude and, and, and he was the same guy he got arrested for cocaine a long time ago they didn't care about that they don't care that he was a drug dealer which i don't care about i'm just saying i like tim uh, uh, tim allen he's funny tool man uh dude tool time was like that was a that was shows was one of my favorite shows as a kid jonathan taylor thomas was like a, a, a popular kid on it that was that show was a hit show and he was the lead star too i remember that show like it was yesterday what i'm saying is. He's a guy that got taken out because of his po- political views. He was—you just said out *Toy Story*. *Toy Story* was a monumental movie by Pixar, and we can get into the occultism of Disney and all the symbolism of that. But I'm saying. He was like the freaking Buzz Lightyear from one of the biggest. It would be like Simba. I don't know. I forget who played Simba. Or Phil Collins. You know. Or Elton John. Uh, taking them. You know. From from uh, composing the Lion King. And be like, no, you can't compose the next one. I mean, these people are legendary people. You can't just take them out uh, because it, it just ruins all of our history. It's like taking down a Confederate statue. It's 1984, George Orwell, and we get it right in front of our face, and nobody even complains except for me when Tim Allen gets booted from the new uh, Toy Story.
2: Well, you know, just to kind of side uh, track into Toy Story, Toy Story three um, is really a uh, a metaphor for a police state. If you haven't ever seen it, um, and I t- and it was very different than the first two. It had a real political uh, motive. I was really shocked about this. Um, coincidentally, Ed Asner, who plays this authoritarian like Air Bear type figure in the prison camp, basically it's a play school that he runs. And he, you know, played it all nice. And, all oh, we're here for security. Ed Asner uh, was a big 9-11 truth guy. He passed this year, uh, unfortunately. But he uh, brought a lot of people into that arena. So, you know, just to kind of go back to where I was at as a kid in, in the 90s, while everybody else was using Napster, and certainly I was as well, I was looking at the Nutella and Nutella networks. I was looking at Kazaa, Morpheus, all the file bio- share networks before torrents. All the
1: Torrent. viruses on your computers, your poor computers that no viruses. <laughs> Those are well,
2: not, not ever, But I'll tell you this: I was pretty savvy. So uh, luckily, again, uh, one of the things about being into the computer graphics is the lab was open twenty four seven, right? So the vast majority of what I was learning at the time was from other students, okay? And now that was basically Mac. That was mostly work-based, but obviously hardware stuff you would start to get into. But then one of my roommates uh, really knew networking and taking them apart and putting them together very well. So I was always pretty good. Like every once in a while, a hard drive might get it, but I was the guy that could take the hard drive out, put it into another computer via USB, scan it for those viruses and get rid of them. Um, so I I had um, folders full of old school documentaries and whatever I could find on there, all sorts of media. And that's really how I got into loose change. To be honest, you know, that takes me forward to, uh, post nine 11, uh, when those networks started to get bigger and even torrents became a thing. I had amassed so much that I was burning CDs of folders of raw videos. Uh, some of which you would end up seeing in the loose change series. So I, I wasn't involved in the original loose change, at all. Uh, I was, again, this guy who was going around and handing out these videos and looking up all these different things. And one of the first things on 9-11 that I had found um, after kind of having my revelation that 9-11 was a scam, and that wasn't right away either, that's a whole nother story, was uh, Road to Tyranny by Alex Jones. And uh, it was this real media file, is a two plus hour movie. And this is what I'm talking about. You didn't want to get your porn there. Uh, It was like, 144 P it was off. Like the audio was off. It was almost impossible to watch. It was like yeah. was a 56, K, you know, KB DSL nonsense, but we watched the whole thing. You were
1: and starved I, for content back then too. And that was awesome. I mean, you know, that was one of the few Alex Jones creating that you just didn't have, there wasn't anybody else doing that.
2: There, there was other things out there that I had seen that were better produced. Uh, there was a thing called a uh, guerrilla news network. Well, at and the there was time. Art Bell. I
1: mean, there's some conspiracy people, but I'm just saying, you know, Alex Jones, I you don't know think
2: See, that's the difference. Like I wasn't that guy that was watching like art bell or anything like that. Um, I only, the UFO stuff was very, I was very big into, but really it was, uh because there was tapes of these craft. Right. Mm-hmm. And I also had realized at least uh, in the late nineties that, you know, my government, probably the CIA in conjunction with others had killed Kennedy, but I always thought, ah, he was probably a shithead and he deserved it. Right. I still had that attitude. I had this attitude that, you know, we're number one, look how much America
1: is what that's
2: called. Well, in a way, but, at that time, you got to you know, understand, your
1: government's lying to you and you, you know, you're okay with it. Isn't that the definition of cognitive dissonance? No,
2: because I had accepted it, but I had thought it was because it was a good thing, right? Because I looked at, I looked at the society that it developed. I hadn't understood what the Vietnam War was afterwards. I didn't understand what the first Gulf War was. And remember, that was the first televised war. That's my generation. And it was only, it was very short. It was very short lived. It was, we're in, we're out. And then it was a great time of peace. Like that happened, you know, when I was around 10 years old and it wasn't until I'm out of college that 9-11 happens. Right there. You're thinking at this point, man, we just went in there. We pumped and dumped. We're out. (laughs) We took out the terrorists. No one's going to fuck with us anymore. Right. This is it. So and again, at that time, they'd still been pumping up Russia as the big enemy my whole life. Right. The Ruskies. I did duck and cover drills as a kid right? The communism. So like I went to Woodstock 99, I turned 20 there. You went to Woodstock
1: 99. That's one of the most famous, did you see the Red Hot Chili Peppers play? I mean, did you see?
2: So I left the day, the the night before all the riots, because I'd been there since Thursday. Uh, I have a very different time. I, I loved my time there, but I was running around, screaming things like fucking russia doesn't have this and you know <laughs> communism you know yeah, just all dude, this bo-
1: dude if you really went a time machine was that like when humanity was last a li- even though humanity wasn't pure but it was a little pure before 9 11 after 9 11 it was like it rotted uh it was like the rot it, it was the it was not rot. This,
2: you're not wrong like I, i gotta be honest like there was a It's not just as I was like a kid and 20 and and having fun. There was a lot of electricity. I, I remember that very fondly and the media has now spun that the 99 was like the the, the summer of hate or whatever and it's like white supremacy the There's 90s that
1: was the best even the art the music listen jason if you look at the top movies of 1996 it's like fight club pulp fiction you look at the top movies of 2016 it's like cars three uh toy story or whatever and, and it's all these remakes and it's dude go to any year go to any year from the 90s and compare it to any year in the 2010s dude it is laughable you're like what do you mean the same year because some of these years in the 90s there was 25 movies that were like incredible movies you know what i mean like the 25th best movie of 1996 would be the best movie of the year now Uh, and it's just that shows you the art the degradation of society it's like because we have to check boxes because it's also about sensitivity training and all about you know sending a hidden message through propaganda that it's not about art and entertainment anymore so we can't get anything actually pure that the 90s might have been the last form even that was probably tavistock influence but it at least seemed the most pure you know
2: I think a lot of great artwork came out of the 90s. And I think that, again, a lot of, you know, not only music, but you're right, movies. Uh, I may be biased because that is kind of my era. But ha- having also lived through the 80s, there's a stark difference. Like, the 80s is very kind of commercialized and almost a mirror of what we saw we see now in, in the sense like Superman was the biggest movies and the biggest movies now are that. And, and believe me, the Superman movies still hold up. There was still some story there. Richard Donner uh, did a, a damn good job, but when the nineties came around and there was kind of this, this story-based influence, right. And now the production values up and now special effects are to the point where you can get away with a lot of things. Like you look at Forrest Gump, right. Forrest Gump by today's standards, what what special effects, right. But in a time that you could tell a period piece that went through many decades and all of a sudden implant Tom Hanks convincingly into stock footage, that that's kind of one of the reasons that I wanted to go be a computer artist. I wanted to be able to do these things. Right. I wanted to be able to know how this worked or how they even got rid of um, Lieutenant Dan's legs uh, very convincingly. There's a lot of subtle things in that movie that wouldn't have been possible in the 80s. Right. There would have been
1: the one film flub from that movie, though. What do you mean the film flip? Film flub from that movie.
2: Oh, what is it? There is one, isn't there? I think I do know. Does it have to do with Lieutenant Dan?
1: No, it has to do with the horses. When the horses are going through, it's showing uh, Forrest Gump's great, great grandfather and he's in the KKK. And if you look uh-huh. closely, if the horses coming up, you can clearly see tire tracks like fresh. You know, they're in the mud and it's like fresh. I'm just saying, if you look at it, if you're watching the movie, you wouldn't pay attention. But if you're a film extra, you look at it. I mean, it couldn't be any fresher, you know? Tires, like, oh, there wouldn't be like it was clearly tire tracks. You could almost see the Firestone or whatever the, you know, the. uh, But that this is funny. That's a little. I love film flubs. No, I'm with you, man. Listen,
2: that's a great piece of art, and uh, I think that's '94, and it's the same year that Pulp Fiction came out and Shawshank Redemption came out. Shawshank Redemption, best movie ever. Great movie, and and that's a Stephen King. Too. a lot of people don't realize that you know they get them for horror but that's probably that's probably my second favorite movie based on a Stephen King book uh, Running Man hands down the best right but awesome. even Running but Man Arnold, that, that,
1: that, that's going to happen today we're going to have a modern day Running Man I, Squid Games isn't Squid Games just Running Man basically except for with? and I haven't even watched Squid Games
2: I haven't watched it either yeah. but for those that aren't familiar with no no no
1: oh my god it did it drop out please tell me oh my god almighty no dude no jason
2: and uh you have this police officer in a helicopter that's told to fire upon the citizens refuses to do so they fake the video that he did it anyway, kill those people, arrest him, and then put him in a contest that's like what was American gladiators at the time in the 80s, right? And into the early 90s as well. Only you kill these people. And um, if you make it through, then you get an island vacation. And it's so funny, the person that gets the island vacation is Geraldo Rivera, by the way, guys. So Geraldo Rivera got through the running man. And then uh, you find out later, not only did that not happen, but Geraldo's dead. And um, they show you a real-time deep fake fight between the Schwarzenegger character and the Jesse Ventura character. It's a very, very profound picture that's held up. But imagine it was made in the 90s with all that tech. It would be even more profound. There's still that 80s cheese. Still done amazingly. Love that movie.
1: Yeah, The Running Man is great. But if, while you're talking, of course, this my internet has been, we have it all recorded, but it, the internet, this feed dropped. We had a, like 120 people and now it came back. I don't know why. I just got this fiber internet. I don't want to complain about the internet. I'm paying like 90 bucks a month for the super internet and about every
2: I po- What? I have fiber a gig up and down you should be having no problems i have a gig up
1: and down i have a gig up and down but it's happened my last three interviews sometimes it just all of a sudden it just just drops out for one second enough for the whole stream to drop.
2: Are you hardlined into your computer, I'm you
1: dude? I'm so hardlined in. Like, I, this is the thing: is I, we, we, I didn't lose enough internet connection where I didn't lose you. You and I stayed, but I lost just enough where it disconnected us from YouTube. It's ridiculous. I, I, also, I
2: you got the viruses, bro. I
1: exactly. You need- I probably do, dude. I'm not a fucking computer geek, dude. I'm a fucking J- Jason. I'm a fucking mental patient. I'm an insane asylum patient trying to run a TV show by you know a YouTube online show by myself. It's a fucking pain in the ass. I love it, just like you love it. I enjoy doing it but if one, if, if one thing can go wrong, it does, dude, you know, like of course the internet, but I bought this backup internet thing and I'm thinking, can I, can I bridge my internet connection? So I have a backup. Is that possible? Well,
2: you would basically just send your, um, your wifi to automatically connect to that. And then if you were, uh, all of a sudden off on your hardline connection, it should automatically connect to the wifi that would be separate. Um, but again, We're not trying to get too techy here um you no, should, but this you is should... all
1: recorded so it doesn't matter so i just have to delete the live stream and then i'll repost it but i'm saying we're live we're back live there's a hundred people watching but i'm just saying you know it's just a pain in my derriere having to do this when i'm talking to jason burvis i finally get to you know i've been wanting to talk to you for a while and like i said you know the you know the streaming software is jacking with me the freaking internet's jacking with me i just and you know i just can't catch a break lately it feels like that and how, what about you how has your luck been lately jason you seem like a positive guy because i normally am but, uh, you know, how do you stay positive in a time? Now, I want to hear about, you know, loose change real quick, but I- I'm saying right now, how do you stay positive in a time when you know things are so bleak?
2: Well, I'll tell you what, man. Like, uh, it was really in my revelations on the way to, like, nine eleven, like finding that Alex Jones video, trying to prove him wrong and not being able to and then finding other things and uh, basically the first version of loose change and then by chance meeting these guys um, through a guy that I worked with at a pizza place. I'd been handing out those discs. I told you I was burning that before that. And that's years down the line. Like I figured this out about six months to a year afterwards, right. That we'd been lied too big. And that was dark. About
1: what back. year would you say?
2: Um, in 2002 at some point. For wow.
1: Sure. Right after, I mean, that, I mean, that's insane. Well, I was, man,
2: I was... We're talking like pre, you know, Big time pre-YouTube. Um, no YouTube then. Yeah. Oh, not even close. Yeah. Like you had nothing yeah. like that, that it was even close to that platform out there. Uh, you had, uh, MySpace and, uh, i think myspace and um, i wasn't even on facebook probably for another like six seven years facebook
1: didn't come out till like 2005 and that came out right around the same time as youtube i believe honestly
2: yeah i think maybe myspace was around but if that you know
1: we lived in a time that was pre-youtube what the hell we sound like dinosaurs and we're not that old no, we're not. I mean, it feels like that, but what, a, you know, you're talking about Napster. Some of these kids are like, hey, we had Napster. That was your original file sharing program. They'd be like, what? What is that? What well, they should
2: understand about Napster is that you got Sean Parker, who was recruited by the CIA as a teenager, supposedly said, no, I don't want to do that, did some work for another company, made 80 grand, creates Napster, and then Napster eventually becomes what is Spotify, uh, Sean Parker is the Justin Timberlake character in the social network, AKA he's one of the primary investors and steers of Facebook in the beginning as Thiel gets involved. Uh, he talks about how they knew that they were manipulating people, um, and their emotions way back in the day when they were having these meetings and they did it anyway. So all this whistleblower bullshit is just bullshit all around. And he also ended up being a Bilderberg attendee. Now, Thiel, of course, is a steering member. So you had this. Think about that. The the guy that created Napster, that venture eventually becomes Spotify. He he has influence and investments in Facebook as it's growing. Right. And he's a Bilderberg guy, and no one knows who he is.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, maybe because he created Napster, that's why they he, they gave him all that access. You think? Because I mean, you know, he, well, didn't... he
2: got recruited by the CIA prior too. We forgot. We'd like to tell that part of the story again. Like, so think about think, that. You
1: think they probably created the program and just used him as a fall guy? I mean, that's basically.
2: that I think that once you you are on the CIA's radar. Uh, whether or not you like it, you probably end up working for them or doing their bidding, right? Probably. Because it doesn't have to be the, let, let's say they're telling the truth and he's telling the truth. Ah, the CIA tried to recruit me and I said, no. Okay. Do you think they just gave up or that they have a ton of front organizations that then hired you to do the same exact thing? Right.
1: It's like Anderson Cooper was. In, oh, I just worked for him in college and stopped working for him. Yeah, right. I mean, that's a Mockingbird Media. We know that they have CIA <laughs> agents in all of the television, radio, news, and film stations across
2: you know the world. I mean, you look at this, and yeah, it is uh, international. You look at somebody like Bill Barr. You know, that's something I focused on today while I hosted the fourth hour of the Alex Jones Show, uh, where the intelligence connections to Bill Barr prior to him becoming the attorney general under Trump, a a huge failure of the Trump administration, Uh, the connections to him and uh, Robert Mueller covering up the BCCI banking scandal that nobody is akin to. For those that don't know what that is um, long before Bernie Madoff, BCCI came out and it was basically the people that were laundering money via Iran, Contra, other South American drug lords, um, you know, big, big players, throughout, including the Bin Laden network, okay? And the people that cleaned that up were Robert Mueller and Bill Barr. And Bill <laughs> Barr's the guys. dad hired Jeffrey Epstein. You know that, too. Yeah, the Dalton school thing uh, is, well, here's the thing. It's a possibility. It's never been proven one way or the other. Um, but what we can say, and, and I'm not saying that, obviously, uh, Bill Barr's father worked at the Dalton school. There, is, uh, there are people that contend that he may not have been there When Epstein was hired, that doesn't mean that he wasn't. But what we can tell you is that Bill Barr, who was lifelong CIA, okay, he was a CIA agent prior to passing the bar exam and becoming a lawyer, okay, he, after leaving the CIA, ended up working for private firms. One of those private firms was Kirkland and Ellis. And Kirkland and Ellis represented Epstein during the uh, Miami Beach debacle. Uh, so he actually talked about possibly recusing himself of that case. Now, remember it came out in the media that supposedly Alex Acosta, who also a big failure of the Trump administration was the labor secretary at the time. And he was the guy that cut Epstein, that deal It started to come out in the media that it was because it was above his pay grade and that Epstein was part of intelligence. At least that's and what all, was being-
1: all Alex Acosta got was an email supposedly telling him to do that. And that's all it took.
2: Well, let's discuss something really quick okay. about that. Alex Costa got asked a question in the media about that connection. And he said he was aware of the story. He talked around it and he basically said, don't believe everything you read in the media, but he never said, no, that's not the case. Within 48 hours, he was arm in arm with Trump on television resigning. Do you think that's a dink? You know what I mean? Of course it's not. The thing is there are limited burns once information comes out. And right now with this Ghislaine Maxwell trial, for instance, I think Ghislaine's going to get some time. Uh, I think uh, Peter Nygard's going to get some time and Jean-Luc Brunel. They'll never get Wexner. They're not going beyond this. They don't want to explore big tech, government, large pedophilia rings. We don't want yeah, Abramovich. In- well, forget about the occultism stuff. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you follow uh, Big Fish on Twitter, aka at Trey Billion. Do you?
1: I don't think so. No, I would know, but I follow. I need to. I follow. I, lo- I follow everybody I can. I need to follow him. Well, tell me well,
2: about it. the him. reason I bring him up is because he's done a lot of great work uh, through that Twitter account across the board, uh, posting reality-based stories on high-level sex abuse, whether it be um, the Pizzagate scandal, which uh, we're especially going to get into uh, with him. Uh, but he's also done great stuff on Nexium and, of course, the Epstein case. Now, the way I came across him, uh, because you brought up Marina Abramovich, I'm just I'm just gonna bring up th- this fact, these facts. You know, he's a, an anonymous guy. He did my show, but what he didn't do anonymously um, was put out tapes of him, audio tapes of him talking to police officers about how he had provided them access to uh the Comet ping pong computer i want to be very careful how we word this because we're not trying to get anybody in trouble but the fact of the matter was that this gentleman who's done a great job and he's done he's done my show and he did my show after i had listened to these tapes they are out there you and can find them
1: to got access to the hard drive see the computers of the Comet ping pong because that's where they say the files were and where the trading and all this stuff was going down supposedly
2: i mean Again, let's not speculate beyond what I I speculate a
1: lot. I I guess you don't speculate. My show is all speculation, rumor, and innuendo, like professional wrestling. But go ahead. Sorry, Jason. I do not. And
2: I can tell you this. He claimed um, that, indeed, there was a ton of illegal material. We'll leave it at that. On that um, hard drive is not and a surprise
1: that, just just looking at their art art that they posted on their social media you know that was uh, pretty edgy so i could imagine what they have hidden behind password and uh, protected folders
2: and he provided that information on how to get access to that to the dcpd all right and it wasn't until after the incident of the person going in with the gun and allegedly shooting the computer false by the way well, I'm just saying, I'm not. Listen, I'm going to stick to what I can prove. Mm-hmm. And this is what I can prove. That person went in there. He shot the computer. And James Alephantis is on camera showing a news agency the computer that he shot. There is a small bullet hole through the case of the computer. It does not even appear that the hard drive had been damaged. And even if it was, remember, they recovered pieces of hard drive material uh, from the World Trade Center when people were literally justified. So let me, let me get to my point here. They obviously never, um, never looked or did look at the hard drive or never did anything. So once this happened, Big Fish contacted the, now he had already had email exchanges with the police officers that were provable, but he then contacted the, um, officer in which he gave the information to via phone and taped their conversations and put them out there. And you can tell that that man, got that information, knows damn well what big fish is talking about, because if he did that and he, and this wasn't the case, he'd be in jail, big fish would. Okay. And he knows right now, he's like, well, why isn't anything being done? And you know what? He can't comment and blah, blah, blah. doesn't want to comment. Not saying this guy's a liar, not saying that he didn't do this. So I want that to sink into people because there might be a lot of rumor and innuendo, but if you want, a thread of information that is going to be very, very reliable on the Epstein case in Nexium and uh, the weird occultism on this stuff, all of it at Trey billion, you know, I can't recommend it enough. And uh, the guy, in my opinion, he, he made it no longer about any type of speculation to me. You know what I mean? And I looked at that stuff and a lot of it was grotesque. And obviously you can only look at it so
1: long. You can't really look at a lot of that, even just the stuff that's, you know, the uh, surface level not deep it's still very traumatizing and low vibrational energy it's bad
2: it's tough man it's it's not funny it's dark it's beyond dark to me especially when you understand what those true intentions are and um that just sealed the deal for me when i when i listened to those phone conversations that was it i was like okay well no doubt about it that this, this guy's a, a verifiable a demon so That's my opinion on the case based on the evidence that I know is out there. And uh, I I couldn't recommend somebody more to follow other than uh, there's a couple other good ones. Obviously, Maria Farmer, who is the uh, first victim to go to the police in 96 uh, about Epstein, went to the FBI, NYPD. Nothing was done. That didn't even become public knowledge in 2017 uh, at Artistic Whistleblower. That's another really good thread. And then uh, right now at Tracker Trial. Uh, They've done a really good job just of the Ghislaine Maxwell case.
1: That is good. And trial Ghislaine, I believe, is their like backup account. Uh, It's really good. They're they're doing really good information. But do you think that Jeffrey Epstein was a Mossad agent and that maybe they were working for uh, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's dad, Robert Maxwell?
2: So... I've been, I actually did a thing on this, uh, on Jones today, and I've talked about it on Alison Morrow yesterday. I think it's a uh, more ex- extensive than that. I don't think he was just Mossad. It's probably CIA Mossad. I think British intelligence is in there much like uh, Maxwell's father. And one of the things that I point to uh, Alex is that this network, this real deep state network that we talk about, when you look at Iran Contra, it's in my film, invisible empire, a, a new world order to find anybody can go watch that film for free. And when you look at what Iran-Contra was doing, what did you what you have? You had Israelis buying the weapons from Czechoslovakia and Poland, then shipping those weapons down to South America. Then it was the U.S. planes that would take the drugs up into uh, Florida and Mena, Arkansas, and, and they, they would, would distrib-
1: drop them off in California to freeway Ricky Ross and in Miami. Well, yeah. they would
2: be distributed all over. But you know what? I, I'm would not would sure if they. Th-
1: but they would just drop them off in, in U-Haul trucks full of cocaine because the people that Freeway Ricky Ross are these big drug drug distributors, they never knew who the top people were. And they were CIA agents, Jason. You know that all over North. I'm just saying. That's all the CIA had to do is literally, that's the only connection they had to do is drop a U-Haul full of drugs and say, hey, give us our money. You know, drop off our money. And these dope dealers would do it. And if they wouldn't do it, the CIA could do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, they could get their money back.
2: It's pretty crazy. But the reason I I mentioned those two places in particular is because that's where they were flying, because they did get distributed throughout the country. And we know the Clintons
1: covered up Arkansas. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Exactly.
2: And Mena, Arkansas is where the Clintons really uh, cut their teeth under the Bush cartel at the time. George H.W. Bush uh, was a vast part of that operation. And even the cover-up crew, uh, Lee uh, Camp, or not, I'm sorry, not Lee Camp. Uh, I like Lee Camp. Uh, What's his name? Lee Hamilton who also headed up the 9-11 Commission, he was one of the uh, main guys uh, with Iran-Contra. So anyway, they would sell the drugs, and then the money from those drugs, that would go back to the Israelis. So that network was already in operation. And then um, you had Seymour Hersh, who had written this book about Robert Maxwell, who's supposedly a media baron, right, Mm -hmm. out in the UK, about his links to British and Israeli intelligence. Of course, is the father of Ghislaine Maxwell. And I, I actually showed today on the Jones show, and I showed it uh, on Allison Morrow, all these articles attacking her saying that he fell for a hoax and this isn't real. And Robert Maxwell's going to sue him. And he did sue him. So that's in 91 when that happens. So by 1994, um, Robert Maxwell's dead. And Robert Maxwell has either fallen off a boat or something else. The Lady Ghislaine, by the way. Lady
1: Ghislaine
2: boat, yeah. Lady (laughs) Ghislaine. And uh, on top of that, Alex they had to issue an apology and it's, it's almost comical, but none of this is funny because it's also dark. We kind of talk about it, but you got to have gallows humor. It
1: is funny. Uh, That's the thing is, uh, sadly we have a dark sense of humor that we just kind of have to understand that this crap is dark. You know, sometimes it's humorous because it's so reality is stranger than fiction is what I'm trying to say. And it's crazy.
2: Absolutely. So as you see here, this is when they actually have to print it in 94 and after Maxwell says, us author gets apology and libel case. If you notice, this is it's a sidebar article in the middle of the paper when they were running headlines of hoaxing and Mirrorgate and, you know, Hirsch is a liar. So even when they apologized, then the fake news media would just be like, yeah, we kind of messed it up. I guess he was a Mossad agent. Yikes. How about that? You know, and then you kind of never hear of it again. So even in 9-11, you know, if you watch my film, Fabled Enemies, I, I tell people that. And again, what were they hiding in BCCI? That money movement. Right. So the BCCI scandal also with uh, bin Laden and bin Laden's network is working with the ISI. Right. The, and that's Pakistani. So we get to 9-11. And, you know, I always tell people it's not an inside job. You had role players in Saudi Arabia, Pakistan israel and within our own continuity of government program and that's operationally that's not talking about the international media suppression and things like that i'm talking about operationally you can prove money management movement um when we talk about the continuity of government program. i
1: want to bring that up because a lot of people want to strictly blame israel and you know in the truther community that a lot of that you know that anti emitism i don't want to say the word because you get a strike you know i don't want to bring that up and, and listen, there's not one group of people that are responsible for all of our problems. Anybody that thinks that's insane, but there are insane people in the world. That's okay. But, uh, but so I, I, this is the point I want to make. Saudi Arabia had to cover up. These guys were all from Saudi Arabia, so they had to give patsies up. They did that on purpose because if we destabilize the Middle East, they know Saudi Arabia is only going to grow stronger from the destabilization of their, I guess you could say, people that they compete with. Um, but I guess it's not really a, a competition because it's all rigged in their favor it's much like israel's uh but you know i just want to make that point that there's a lot of countries in concert uh including the united states that had to make 9-11 go down it wasn't just israel
2: no of course not so like let's talk about um let's talk about all the roles right they like give you a little preview of the film fabled enemies again anyone can watch my stuff for free they're in the playlist section uh anyone can just look me up you're gonna find it so if you can't find
1: jason you're not looking hard enough guys okay go ahead sorry
2: (laughs) But you talk, you talk about Saudi Arabia and how the majority of them came from Saudi Arabia. Now, why is that 17 of the 19 official hijackers came from Saudi Arabia? Well, if you believe Michael uh, J. Springman, and he's in my film, Fabled Enemies, he was at the, um, the visa office and he was being told in the 90s uh, where he would blow the whistle and resign to be giving uh, passports to people he would later find out were in the bin Laden network to the United States, that should never have been given these passports. So why do that? Well, because he later found out that was a Central Intelligence Agency-run embassy. So they were deciding who was getting in and out. The Saudi Arabians have had a cozy relationship uh, with the Bush family, especially the Bin Laden family, who are basically oligarchs there. Well, that's right? like
1: Benghazi. Benghazi was giving out phony passports too. Supposedly, go ahead. Sorry, you yeah. know, that's what they do. By been. the way,
2: Epstein, they find a Saudi Arabian passport. Uh, and an issue. Israeli
1: passport. He had both, I believe. Didn't he have both? Well, he had,
2: I believe that it was given from Austria, according to Whitney Webb, and, and some <laughs> others. I don't know that it was Israeli. I okay. have been to Israel, yeah. but it was a Saudi Ar- Arabian um, address and separate identity okay. that was not him. Yeah, okay? not him, yeah. This is how we do this, man. They, they Like, again, it takes more than one nation state and more than one group for things to make this work. So you get those people over. Uh, from the network, you still need people within the FBI, right, informants and otherwise to give people like Khalid Al-Madar uh, shelter. You, need, you still need other people in the CIA to turn a blind eye when uh, Deborah Albright calls the CIA on Walid Al-Shieri and his cell. You still need people. Well, Mohammed the- Atta
1: was snorting cocaine. I mean, you know that airport in Florida was a coke. It was a drug. You know that goes back to the CIA. That was just another drug airport. That private airport in Florida. You know they were doing air uh, a pilot training. Yeah, right. Give me a break. I mean, that's such a joke. Well, you're talking
2: about um, the Hopsicker research, and there's more out there. But uh, Venice Flying Circus, and they were. Um, In relation to this very shady character, Rudy Deckers, at the time, uh, Ada's girlfriend, who was a stripper, actually, had gone public. And other witnesses thought that they were- He
1: disabled her cats. I got cats everywhere, Jason. I'm the biggest cat lover in the world. And I almost think what Muhammad Atta did was worse than those cats because he was a patsy for 9-11. He probably didn't know he was going to do the 9-11 thing. But I'm even more disgusted. He cut up her kitten and left her parts all throughout her apartment. Uh, because she dumped him and he was a huge cokehead. So he obviously wasn't some sort of strict Islamic, uh, practicing Muslim, which is,
2: you know, well, on top of that, you had a lot of these guys that were trained at us military bases, right? You had, uh, the defense language school, uh, vice chancellor come forward. And state that uh, five of the people were from there and that Bush knew the attacks were going to happen and allowed them to happen. Now, I think that's rather simplistic. I don't think that George Bush is actually involved in anything. You know, he's more referring to the administration or whoever's in charge, just like Zombie J is obviously not in charge because he couldn't run anything other than diarrhea down his left leg. Yeah. Let's I be mean- honest.
1: We, we have it's a shadow bad. government. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, and
2: absolutely. So all these things, I mean, you also have James Woods, who's on a plane with Ada that they end up saying is actually a flight. Uh, Which one is it? I believe it's flight 11, six months uh, six weeks before it's in July. It's I think a practice uh,
1: run flight. It didn't make sense. Why were the terrorists in a different airport? You know, they, they, they all flew connecting flights into the towers if, 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 if
2: so correct. You know what? Let me walk that back a little. Cause I got that run flight 11 on supposedly the lead hijacker on. Okay. Now this dry run that James Woods, the pilot and a stewardess all file reports on. Okay. Has Khalid Al-Madar, who will be the lead hijacker on 77, the one that hits the Pentagon in it. Uh, I believe it's Nawaf Al Hamzi. And then the other two individuals, they could not identify. Right. But Woods said they were casing the plane, and I, and that's the thing. I think that they did have people that they they were either running security drills, they were part of these massive war games, including amalgam Virgo, red and blue teams, um, or and or some of them were intelligence, while others were just patsies that thought they were really going to hijack planes as well. But I think there's a lot going on, right? You have circles within circles, all that plausible deniability stuff. So you know, Ada. Uh, you know, there were, there were talks that he was even connected to people like Jack Abramoff and the riverboat casino scandal. When we talk about Coke running and intelligence networks, et cetera. That would make sense. Um, you had, uh, him also training at Maxwell air force base odd ah, as one of those people. So you have those to me, it makes
1: more sense that they would trick him to be cocaine drug dealer pilots instead of, Hey, su- you're going to be suicide pilots. You know what I mean? It just, Seems like it'd be easier to get them motivated to train and learn how to do it. That's just my opinion.
2: <laughs> well, not being a fan of the cocaine, I, I don't know that I agree, but I do know that there are no, fans- that's of- just
1: saying, you give them the cocaine, they'll want to learn how to do it. Like, oh, I get free cocaine. All, all I gotta do is learn how to fly. They'll learn how to take the plane apart. They'll learn how to put the wings together and enough cocaine, enough crack. that They'll learn how to fly a, a space, the space shuttle. I mean, these guys with Mohammed Atta had figured out very easily with enough cocaine, I believe. <laughs>
2: Good times, good times. But, you know, again, you have all these drills. We haven't even gotten to the Israeli aspects of this, right? So on top of that, you have Israeli, not only art students, but people uh, working at kiosks that seem to be shadowing some of the more important hijackers as this is happening. Uh, On the day of 9-11, you have multiple reports of vans with explosives in them. Uh, One team actually getting caught, another team. On the bridge. Well, that there's that one. And then there's another one on King street where they have a recording. A lot of people haven't heard it. It's in fabled enemies. There's no video of it and no real record as to what happened after the fact, but they talk about how the van actually did explode. So this was not, they had, uh, you know, they, they followed these guys and I guess they beat them up on the sidewalk after the van exploded. So you had that incident, too, a lot of people don't talk about. You have the multiple explosions that took place not only in the basement level of the World Trade Center prior to the uh, first plane striking, but also in the subway system. A lot of people don't talk about that as well. Those were there, too. Um, whether or not those are connected to uh, the, the Israelis, the only way, the only reason I make that connection is because when you look at um, the art team that was in there we talk about these artists right there was a thing called you're gelatin. About, you're
1: talking about the art students on the 93rd floor a lot of people have no idea about this they, they were doing you know uh you know art it's called the b thing and it was a, a gelatin project it was, it was the name of the project i believe gelatin which is a yes. another word for and, uh, explosive gel
2: and even more uh, odd they they were able to get one of the windows out of the world trade center And film it as it happened. And it just so happens that uh, one of the guys in that plane is uh, somebody who would later say that the Mossad was following him because of that incident. And he's uh, this eccentric, uh, former multimillionaire who was part of the tech boom and basically thought of like a YouTube type formats before YouTube. It's, there's a movie. I would encourage you to watch Alex called uh, we all live in public. Uh, I think it's, it's either that, or we all live in public now and finding out that story, his name's Josh. something And it's or about other. the art students that lives on the 93rd floor. Oh, it's about this. It's even wilder. So this guy was a guy that had basically predicted the surveillance state tried to get video going before the bandwidth and the infrastructure was there, but still made tons of money because so many people were investing and so much so that he started an underground New York city project project where he took like, I think more than a hundred people and just started filming them underground. And basically on the eve of, I think, Doing uh, performance
1: art, some sort of performance art or something.
2: Well, he filmed everybody. It was, it. was well, There was performance art involved, but he also brought in like CIA integ- interrogators. So here's the craziest thing. You're going to love this one. The guy who I credit with um, the beginnings of the No Plane movement, which I'm highly against, the holograms and all that, is a guy named Nico Hopped, okay? okay. And he is the one that got with Judy Wood. And they kind of combined and ghosts plane and hologram plane and all these things. And I had met Hopped before he did this. This is in the, back in the day when I first met uh, Luke Radowski, before we are change existed at New York, Nine Eleven truth. And he talked about this guy, Josh, I can't remember what his last name is, but it, that's who we're talking about and him being part of this project. But I didn't really understand what it was. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Years later, I see this movie where they're underground doing this crazy stuff. There's a CIA inter- interrogator uh, filming and there's Nico hopped and Nico hops being interrogated in his underwear. And the guy tells him to get naked and he strips down to his Dick and cheese <laughs> and and does exactly and what he says. Like, art,
1: or this is some sort of interrogation for what? This is a
2: real, this is a real CIA so, interrogation.
1: So and and you see the declassified video of his Dick and balls.
2: All right. So let me explain this. So the documentary about Josh is called we all live in public and a large portion of that documentary takes place in this underground facility that Josh buys. Okay. It only gets taken out because they have a large gun range underneath. They're firing off crazy amounts of weapons and it becomes new year's time of 2000, the turn of the century. And they were so scared that they were going to have like a heaven's gate thing go on that the police went down in there and just kicked everybody out. What I'm telling you is that this guy who was doing this and had, you got to watch the movie, but had all these crazy pods and stuff going on. It has the guy who's behind the no plane theory in it well before 9-11 being interrogated by a real ex-CIA officer because he brought these guys in. You know, he was trying to break people and do all this crazy stuff. And Hopped is one of the people being broken and stripping down naked in front of the CIA officer in the movie. So
1: So do you think that the CIA has created the no plane theory? Is that what you're saying? It's kind of insinuating in a way? I I don't think
2: that's there, but I think that they may have exploited um, a very mentally unstable individual that they'd already figured out they could influence, right? Like,
1: Okay, let's talk about the no planes because to be honest, Jason, I mean, I believe the towers are wired. Listen, I just say I believe the towers are wired. Well, thirty-three years before, I believe when the Rockefellers you know broke ground on it, they knew that those towers were going to come down. That's just my conspiracy the tinfoil hat. And at the same time with the planes, I know that that was an American Airlines plane from the footage that well, I've that's, seen, and the way that's the. But in the sure. way the planes went into the building looks goofy as hell. So this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you couldn't fly something into a plane, but maybe it wasn't a plane. I'm saying maybe it was a. You, you're sure that in your your personal opinion, you think that, that that was was the exact American Airlines plane, like they say. No, that-
2: no, no. I, I actually think that the evidence shows that the planes used were not yeah. the. um, American and United planes. They said they were not uh, commercial but, flights. No way. They did not look well, like commercial. It, again, too. you're running drills that morning. For instance, the NRA NRO is running drills of at eight 46 in the morning, a plane hitting uh, the building of the CIA. A lot of people don't know this, but Paris Glendening, who was the governor of Maryland got a sheet of paper, Um, that was delivered to uh, law enforcement uh, earlier in the morning of uh, like 11 targets and the Pentagon, the world trade center was on there. Uh, I have that in Fabled enemies. Sears Tower is so this a drill
1: and this is a drill or this is a real thing that no, I'm the government that Well, that.
2: morning law enforcement got that wasn't part of the drill. Like they had actually gotten the targets that were there. Well, it's, um, it's
1: it's spooky when you listen to the air traffic controllers and they're like is this a drill or is this real life when we were hearing that the They are
2: running the drills that morning and the drills for them in that office were supposed to take place about a half an hour later. So they ask if this drill has started early and that's out of upstate New York. I was one of the first people uh, outside of Vanity Fair to get those. And that's where it was revealed. Uh, a lot of people like to say that the drills stopped right after the plane started, the first plane hit. That's just not the case. Um, in fact, the the drills do not stop until 20 minutes after the incident of United 93. And the reason I know this, again, it's in Fabled Enemies. Anybody can go watch it um, is they contact Cheyenne Mountain. And Cheyenne Mountain, which is an underground facility where you can basically um, just have people warded off from the entire world. Anybody can look it up. Like Denver
1: airport or something. It's like an underground, a
2: a deep underground military base. Yes, this is a legit, you know, Lord knows what's going on over at the uh, the, uh, airport, but this is legit. And they stay on the line and they go, hey, we need you to stop with these inputs. And the inputs are fake hijackings that aren't happening. Okay. And that's a big, big issue or phantoms. So even during the 9-11 Commission, Robert Myers, who, who was the head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and many others, had to admit that they were following many phantoms that day. They had hijackings all over. And I think that some of them were simply inputs. I think others were obviously drone aircraft of different varieties. And that's probably what we saw here that we're being controlled by other drills that have either been uh, only partially declassified or not declassified at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, to, to me, I think that they probably flew like some sort of predator drone or something. I don't know what the hell they
2: they were drones accompanied with explosives. Uh, For instance, you know, you look at the uh, first uh, video of the first plane hitting and there's clearly a large flash that is before the nose that's why it was put in the original loose change uh and but then see, you that look looks at,
1: fake as crap to me that nose cone coming out the other end you think it would come out like that no, 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 uh, through no, a no, football field it. of concrete and steel
2: so that's not the uh video i'm talking about that's that's a side video of the second plane that you're discussing the the quote-unquote nose cone out um I, you know i've seen all this stuff but the first one i'm talking about Before the first plane hits flight 11, the fireman's video, the Nade brothers video, there's clearly a flash and the flash goes away. And then the nose you can see on the shadow of the plane still has not even hit the plane. And then you watch, um, the second plane hit. And although I believe loose change has four of the videos of the flash, which is on the lower side, um, which seems to be in conjunction with a large apparatus that should not be there, um, that they later come, uh, claim as part of the fuselage, although I do not believe that there's also a flash to the right-hand side. There's actually a fifth video that you can see from across the bridge where you can barely see the plane, um, as it enters the uh, field of view of the world trade center because of the similarity and the darkness of the towers and that you can still see the flash. So I think that what you had, there was probably a drone fitted, uh, with some kind of a trigger missile that's a theory. That's me speculating based on what I've seen. Uh, I don't shy away from that. Um, I think it's important because a lot of people want to take me to task or you know, within the truth movement, that won't, you know, talk about controlled demolition or what I just talked about. They want to make me, um, you know, basically say I was wrong and I'm a hoaxer and a grifter. I'm always going to be honest. Right.
1: And the truth and community is so toxic though, Jason, I wouldn't even worry about that, dude. I mean, that's what I'm no, worried.
2: Like, for, yeah. i worry about, staying honest with myself. And if you can provide me information that will change my opinion, I get things wrong all the time. I admit to getting them wrong. I happen to be a human being. Um, but I'm also pretty thorough and I, I, I walk the walk, man. I do what I say. I, I read these documents. I watch these videos. I spend time. I'm in the editing room and, um, I don't play sides. I'm not a conservative. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not a truther. I'm a guy that's concerned about what's going on in the world. And I'm trying to tell the truth. That's all I am. I'm just a regular dude. I want to have some, I want to have a shock top pretzel beer tonight with my buddies. Maybe go get some chicken wings over at Hooters. And live the dream, my friend. That's that all.
1: is the dream. A Choctaw beer and some chicken wings and Hooters. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. That is America as, as America gets. Okay, but let me tell you a little bit about, because I only get to chop it up with you so much. So what I believe is, I believe nine eleven was planned, you know, a long time in advance, basically to you know uh, for whatever reason to destabilize the country to bring us into the new world order to start the patriot act 2.0 knowing that they can have the warrantless search and seizure of our phones and internet and i believe what is happening now is going to put us on the patriot act 2.0 with the contact tracing apps and we're going to actually give them access to our text messages and to our you know, emails into our browser history in order to safety. So people know we're not looking up, you know, how to uh, subvert the government or how to, you know, subvert a corona, blah, 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 blah. So what I'm saying is 9-11 was very important. They had to do it. And uh, uh, I believe, and I would like to get your opinion on this. I believe some people say not that many people died because there's articles saying after it, you know, the, that a lot of the hospitals were empty. But I believe after 1993, when, the, when they had the first bombing, and uh, most of the tenants left. There's only a few bankers in there that had special bank vaults, basically. That was one of the main reasons they stayed in there, because it had irreparable asbestos in the towers. We know that. And it was not wired for high-speed internet. So it's like they kind of knew that this building was, it was archaic. So that's why a lot of the tenants didn't go back in after 93. So I believe that not... Other than the collateral damage of the buildings falling, I don't believe a lot of people worked in that tower. And and you know who I feel sorry for? The guys like Oreo Palmer, the the, the firefighters. Those are the people that died. Those are the people who took the brunt. I think a lot of the people, the tenants of the building, got out and didn't die. What do you think about that, uh, uh... In your opinion,
2: I'll well, say this: I think, uh, I think the number is probably pretty accurate with the amount of people that lives were saved. If it was only you know twenty seven hundred plus at the World Trade Center, that's actually really small. i been that is Trade small Center.
1: in New York City. A, a car could blow up and kill a hundred person. You know what I'm saying? A small explosion well, could kill well, a hundred
2: people. In that area. Well, let's first of all let's let's before we get to that question, you talked about the ninety three bombing, right? Yeah. And I think it's really important for people to understand that the ninety three bombing. Does not happen without the FBI and U.S. intelligence. Are you aware?
1: Well, I, I didn't. Know, I mean, I, I'm sure it was a, the, the bombing was an inside job, but I had explain explain how the connection maybe, to uh, it was.
2: maybe we should play the clip for the folks out there. Maybe I, I can find it really quickly. But what the story you're going to see uh, is a pretty shocking one if you don't know it. Basically, what had happened is that the FBI who is right here had recruited a. Um, Egyptian army officer named uh, Ahmed Salam, okay? And this Egyptian army officer starts to infiltrate another Middle Eastern group, uh, this time the blind sheikh and his buddies, okay? And he was working at a hotel at the time, a guy named John Antisev and his partner, I think it's Susan, I forget what her name is, uh, recruits him. All of a sudden, they want uh, him to make a real bomb. And he's like, whoa, the Egyptian, guy,
1: the Egyptian military guy. They went, yeah, I've heard this story. Okay. Yeah. And he's a, but he tells him he is a bomb expert, right?
2: Well, well, uh, we're just going to end up playing, uh, the, the phone call. I, I could play more, but I think the phone call will say it all. Uh, he got smart enough to start taping his phone calls with these people before he built the bomb. And so I want to, I want to reiterate this. The bomb that went off in the World Trade Center in 1993 was built by an FBI informant under the supervision of the FBI, and I have the audio to prove it. The only reason, and by the way, had they been successful, 9-11 would be chump change. What do I mean? Okay. The reason that it only cost eight lives is because the people that drove the van um, were verifiably retarded. I I sh- I know I shouldn't use wait, wait, the.
1: No, you can use that on my show, but wait, 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 you're telling me that the, the bombs had enough explosives? I thought they weren't even powerful enough to blow the building. So oh, they were. Okay, rough, go ahead. Rough. I'm just First, interested.
2: But, but, yeah, <laughs> the reason that they it didn't do any damage is because these these guys had like 70 IQs. It
1: did a little they- damage for the people at home. I know you know, but I'm saying it did a. Li- they had to fill. They had to fix a, a little bit, right? I mean, it I know wanted,
2: that it for this to work the way they wanted it to work, which was to bring um the twin towers down from its base, right? Cause they were in the parking garage is they had to park it up against the main column. Okay. And that if the main column blew in this area, there would be enough not uh, enough peripheral damage that the idea was, this thing was going to tip over.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Now it had, had even physics you know, gone the way you thought on 9 11 and a large portion of the Well, they wouldn't break
1: the foundation. So it didn't have anything to rest on, basically, right? And it uh, would just
2: tip over, blow yeah. up and tip over. You would add 25 to 50,000 people dead. Wait, because so the that,
1: buildings are built, especially that one, is built to sway a little bit. So I guess they think the momentum you know, from crashing, you know, from having that explosion there, is enough to tip it over.
2: Well, if you look at how, again, the World Trade Center was built with its core, you know, it had that core infrastructure. And if you're in the main column in the core and you blow that out and then the core columns around it, no, the, the bottom, the outer structure that they always talk about for the world trades wouldn't have been able to hold it up. It would have bent over and done. Yeah. They didn't park it in the right place, not anywhere close. So they did massive damage, but because the core was so powerful and it didn't damage the core, that's not what happened. So let's just let's just play the tape for everybody here of the FBI uh, admitting to the fact that they cooked the bomb this with his FBI handler, John Antisev, was released years after the trial. You got paid regularly for for good information. I mean, the expenses were a little bit out of the ordinary and it was really questioned. Don't tell Nancy I told you. Well, I have to tell her, of course. Well, then
0: if you have to, you have to. Yeah, because I mean, the lady was being honest and I was being honest and everything was submitted with a receipt. Yeah. And now it's questionable.
2: It's not questionable,
0: it's like a little out of ordinary. Okay. You
2: know, all right.
0: I don't think it was, if that's what you think, is fine, but I don't think that because we was start already building the bomb, which is went up in the World Trade Center. It was built by uh, uh, supervising, uh, supervision from the Bureau and the TA, and we were all informed about it, and we know that the bomb start to be built. By who? By your confidential informant. What a wonderful, great case.
2: So there you go. Uh, <laughs> you know, and that didn't come out for years. I put that in my film, uh, Invisible Empire in 2010. I think it finally uh, came out in like 2008, you know, 15 years after the fact. And it was, you know, very, very small amounts of those phone conversations. Lord knows what else he taped these people doing. Uh, but in that respect, uh, I'd like to say, I agree with you. I think they did plan on this a long time before to take those down for whatever reasons. And look, I do explore the uh, kind of occultic stuff or the fun you have stuff. You
1: If you know Marina Abramovich and all this stuff, you know all that stuff too, Jason. You're trying oh. to play coy. You know all that stuff. Don't don't okay. give me that uh, babe in the woods routine.
2: One, one of the things that I do do every once in a while, I haven't finished it up yet, but this was a sealed. It's actually a signed Wait, copy. Show it better.
1: We can't see it. Put it in front of your face. That's awesome. Illuminati card game. That's awesome. That's the-
2: so like this was not cheap this is actually signed by uh derek piercy one of the creators wow, I awesome. get the creator on there. um but we've gone card by card i'm wearing the glove because again not cheap we want to keep it as <laughs> you know i get
1: the, the finger acids on it and i uh, do sweat that's why you wear the glove look at it i love it oh yeah i've seen you where you do the pull cards that's awesome yeah yeah, i've seen you do this yes
2: let's let's see if we, we'll, we'll pull a card for yes. conspiracy castle right here please so We got. Okay. We got, it looks like some kind of shamanic stuff. It's hail iris. So yes, this is some kind of a goal. (laughs) I don't know. Like I said, there's some goopy stuff in here, but there's also the world trade center stuff, the Pentagon stuff, the the stuff that makes you go, hmm. the uh, kind of like uh, synchronicity stuff. And we explore that too, because you can't take yourself too seriously. We are in extremely serious times. Uh, I don't want to make light of that. But at the same time, if you can't have fun, if I can't watch the UFC fights, um, if I can't go to the park with my niece, why, why is this? We can't go to the movies to go see the new Ghostbusters. Why is it worth it, right? What are we really fighting for? Well,
1: we should so- ma- we should make a little light of it, okay? Before you go, there, Jason, I got to have you back on because we didn't even get into so much stuff. But I want to I want to uh, circle back to the the Israeli art students because that's such an important thing for people to look up. The fact that real estate was so expensive and they just let in one of the most securitized buildings in the world, these art students just live on the ninety third floor and like supposedly take out glass planes, uh, you know, and b- do art like that. I just believe that those are the people that planted the explosives. I think it's very. clear clear. And so I know, I mean, maybe not, I'm just saying, you see the boxes.
2: Uh, just, you know, again, with these intelligence links and there are those pictures of the boxes that look like C4, um, I, you know, I think that there's a possibility, um, not of a team of two, but using them as assets with things like Securicom, which remember, that was one of the security firms that was there prior to 9-11 that was connected to uh, the Bush family. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of opportunity. And even the fact that afterwards you have Silverstein properties and Kroll and all of them discussing security uh, in the dark overlord documents. Opens Silverstein
1: up a- got two insurance checks, guys, for two different. He didn't just get one. He got $7 or I guess it was 5.26, I believe, after however it worked out. But, you know, he, he sued for over $7 billion. And uh, and you look at the guys who benefited the most from this, uh, Lucky Larry Silverstein. But before you go, I want to say this. uh. I, I believe the Israeli art students are more of a smoking gun than Tower 7. But if somebody's new to truth here that's watching this, I mean, that's debatable. A lot of this stuff's debatable. But, Jason, we got to do another show soon. we got to do something again. We'll talk about 9-11 again, you know, on Rockfin, where we can even go maybe more deep than, you know, being on YouTube. But I just want to say it's a pleasure. I thank you for all your research and everything you do. I know you like to, you know— uh, be hundred percent, you know, I uh, have the evidence to prove it with me. I need my evidence is a lot looser and a lot faster. We are the tinfoil hat community. We are the conspiracy castle. So I appreciate you coming down to the castle, to the dungeon and uh, mucking around with a muckraker like myself. Jason, I appreciate it.
2: I appreciate it, brother, and uh, you have a, a great weekend, Alex. It's a fun show.
1: You do the same. All right, guys. Thank you, guys. And make sure to like it and subscribe, uh, please, if you guys don't mind. And uh, uh, Jason's links are in the description. Peace, guys. See ya.
0: Damn, and down look at the time that my nigga my nigga my nigga down endless time that my nigga my nigga my nigga down look at the time that my nigga my nigga my nigga down endless time that my nigga my nigga my nigga down look at the time that my nigga my nigga my nigga down endless time that my nigga my nigga my nigga Conspiracy asshole. This nigga asshole. Conspiracy castle. Conspiracy castle. Shout out my nigga, he big on conspiracy. RP Kelly, we feelin' your spirits. I had to put this shit up on the internet. Cause I know they wanna take it so serious. I told a hater, he don't want a listen, he better go take what ears Michelle Obama is a boy, we don't Jamaica no tears. Obama ain't gay because I'm joking on me, don't never be serious. Alistair 99, that my nigga for real. Yeah, I fuck with my peers. Had to make me a channel to talk about the real, cause I know they gon' hear it. Alistair 99, that my nigga for real. Nah, I know they gon' hear it. Damn, look at the time.